You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. This is the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. Sophie's at the beginning, but then she wasn't here because she may or may not be dead. We yeah, also... Just, just did... wait one minute. Sophie will be right here. Huh? No. No, Listen, no. Just... Wait one minute listening to us. Oh. Okay, I understand. Also, we didn't write down what we talked about, but we can kind of do it from memory. We started talking about... John. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then we talked about a little bit about comic conventions and the Montreal Comic Convention coming to town and cosplayers and whether or not they are celebrities. And then we talk about my last roller derby bout. And uh, a little bit of roller derby in general and how, as announcers not named Plastic Patrick, Scott and I get no recognition. We need to do more waxing. Yeah, now, speaking of wax, we talk about music at Oceaga. Yeah, we run through basically uh, some of the high points of it. I went to all three days and it was crazy and it was a lot of fun. And then... Organically, we move right into hockey. Because Montreal is where Oceaga takes place, and Montreal is where hockey was born. Huh? That's smooth. Isn't it, though? Money, yes! We talk about P.K. Subban and how much money he's making. So much money. And then Scott tells you about a comic that you should read. (laughs) Right at the end. We're just busting your balls, John. Do what you want to do with, with your, your balls. Life. With your balls. <laughs> John just... teabagged me once. Okay, real talk. <laughs> I was waiting for the bus for the 105, and I was first in line, and there was an elderly Asian woman who was second in line, and then when the bus came up, she decided to walk right in front of me and just get on the bus first. And I they was do like, that, yeah. Yeah, but I was like, oh, I want to get mad at you. Like, I'm like, first of all, if the bus was full, you're old enough that I would offer you the seat. Second of all, if anybody should fucking offer you the seat, you're, like, old enough. And then I'm like, but we're number one and number two. There's going to be all the seats. I could take any seat. Yeah, the bus is at the terminus. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is at the terminus at Vendome. And I was like, I just didn't have the energy in me, but I was like, oh, this would be such a great argument to have. I'd be like, excuse me, I was first. And then it would be, like, a big thing, but then I was like, everyone would get mad at me because the person no but they n- do that it's number like one that. and number two in line arguing about getting on a bus so while a hundred <laughs> people are fucking waiting for them what it's like that man in huh? fucking china they don't they don't do queues and they push in before they let people out it's just the way that they are what seat did she Racist. take yeah totally huh? what what seat? i think she took the little one up behind the uh behind the bus driver like you the one stood right in front of her the one that's for her oh you should have st- stood right in front of her and accidentally nudge her with your knee every now and then I, I was I was not going to say me. I wanted <laughs> yeah. no. I wanted a seat. <laughs> like, I didn't, <laughs> Hello, Grandma. Ni hao. <laughs> this this disagreement did not warrant losing a seat <laughs> on the 105. And then because there's a fucking bus lane, I was like, oh, it'll be super fast, and I'll come and I'll meet Sophie, and we'll record the Fantasia episode from yesterday. And there was multiple cars with their four ways parked in the bus lane, and I was like, it's a fucking bus lane during rush hour. 
you pieces of shit. I got here ten minutes before he did. I was waiting outside like a tool. Fuck the bus. Yeah. And But the 105, kudos to the SDM, because when the bus lane is actually free, it made the 105 a bus that you can actually consider taking. I hate that bus. I hate that bus so much. <laughs> the 105? Oh, yeah. I don't like it. It's much better now with the bus lanes. Bus lanes in the morning, bus lanes in the back. If there's nobody idiot parked in the lane, it's like in rush hour going to Vendome 10, 15 minutes tops. That's from, not bad. Uh, from Cavendish. Yeah, that's pretty good. I can leave work now at 8.30 and get there by 9, taking the 105, which was not a thing that was possible. I can't fucking do that with the 90. Mm. No. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, if I leave my if I leave the door of my house at 8.25 and I'm at the bus stop for 8.30, I'm pretty much set. But yeah, they made it better with the bus lanes. Sophie, you're only with us for a short time. Yeah. You have a very advanced case of something that's going to mean you die in the next five minutes. What would you like to talk about on the podcast before you die? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I leave us forever. <laughs> uh, Montreal Comic Con's coming up. Ooh. Yes. Uh, hopefully, uh, we're going to be able to get uh, some media passes this year so that we can uh, cover. I think Scott and I are hoping to attend very yeah, much. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Almost the entire cast of Next Generation is going to be there. Yeah, so. they, I just saw a confirmation Patrick Stewart's going to be there, so I'm super psyched because everything Hulkster. sounds better in his voice. Hulkster's going to be there. Uh, Who? LeVar Burton's going to be there. Oh, yeah? Is he going to fight Hulkster? Uh, he might read a book to him. Ooh. Jonathan, have to Jonathan Frakes is also always there. <laughs> always there. Jonathan Frakes <laughs> has a home in Rosemere. I mean, Rosemere, Montreal. I'm sorry, what? He does? He lives no, here? No, he doesn't. Oh. But he does organize a lot of comic conventions, so. That's oh, why. does he? No, he doesn't. Stop <laughs> lying to me, you guys! <laughs> What's wrong with you? He was better with a beard. He also doesn't know how to sit down in a chair. No, he does not. No. <laughs> Let me straddle this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Apparently, uh, Comic-Con has been like growing in Montreal. Yeah, I it has. I just hope they have good rooms for panels. Because the last time I went, which wasn't last year, it was the year before, did not have good rooms. Last it was year just wasn't panels. too bad. Was it, was it just the like fabric walls on the floor for panels? Because that was a couple years ago. And I was like, this is No, they had decent untoward. rooms. Last year I was there. They, they had the year some before they didn't. It was like yeah. small and narrow, and they didn't have a whole lot of good panels set up. Mm -hmm. No, no, it was it was fine last year. I had no complaints. I mean, yeah. it wasn't fucking San Diego International or anything, but I mean, it was good. But Toronto had like good panels. Yeah, but it's like, it's like almost on that level, so it, it's not that. I was it was comfortable. People were yeah, it was good. Yeah. Did you hear about the guy that did shrooms and went to SDCC, San Diego Comic Con? There was only one. Well, I'm, I'm sure there was a couple more, but there was one guy that decided to, like, well, I guess he might not have decided to in advance. He went and just done it while on shrooms. Like, just started bombarding his girlfriend with text messages <laughs> about fucking how horrible it was and how everything was terrible and how people were doing damage to their spines and bodies waiting in line for free t-shirts or to look at celebrities. And that, the what was it, he was like... He's like, I don't want to undermine what's going on in Gaza, but humanity at its worst is on display here at San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> I was like, this guy's the best. You Jim, know, Jim Mafood posted up a picture on his Instagram mm -hmm. of being at San Diego Comic-Con in 92. Mm -hmm. And it made me really, really wish I could go to San Diego Comic-Con in, in 1992. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just a picture of him like as a geeky teenager yeah, yeah. shaking hands with Jack Kirby. And he was like, I just walked up to him. Oh, wow. for like half an hour and chatted because that's how conventions were back then. I almost kind of feel that that would still happen. Like maybe not with Kirby, but like there's probably some like pretty A-list artists 
that are now no longer recognizable at Comic-Con because everybody's looking for movie stars. You know, I, the one thing, normally I look for a, a few things from Comic-Con, mostly cosplays. I, I like looking at costumes, but I saw this one thing that was pretty disturbing. There was this one cosplayer that was found, like, beaten unconscious in a ditch. Like, oh, still it? in her fucking outfit, and it was all bloodied up and everything. Yeah, yeah, that was a whole, that was a whole thing. Yeah. That, like, I didn't really follow, because there's a lot of stuff going on. I just there. read an article, like, I, I had, the last time I checked on it, it w- which was admittedly a couple of days ago, was they were just saying, like, they had no clue what the hell happened. She was unconscious in a hospital. Mm. That's, like, fucking ridiculous. Not, just, I, I understand the tragedy of this, but was she dressed as the comedian? No. <laughs> no, she was not. Just you, wow. Because there she should be someone looking into that. No, just she, some, some... She next-leveled cosplay. <laughs> just some cutesy, sexy little anime, colorful hair thing. It was just... I, di- I didn't recognize the character if it was one, but yeah. Anyway, that's it for me. I'm going to go off and that die now. We're just going to finish up about cosplayer Sophie before you're allowed to leave. What? I fucking... Like, that bothers me so much. Cause I always like, <laughs> I was like... Because I always dislike cosplayers. But... I was like, I understand that they're like a really big part of Comic Con, and I was like, and these people want to like dress up, and it's like, it's almost the only in my head like acceptable time to be slutty as a cosplayer because you're not really being slutty, you're being a character who's slutty. I don't, I don't agree with that, and that's <laughs> a whole thing that I could do a whole rage out about. I don't want to get into it. Aww. I disagree. Disagree. And now Sophie's dead. Speaking about <laughs> cosplayers, though, things that I disagree with. Mm-hmm. This year, they're featured guests at the Comic Con. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, huh, I don't care. <laughs> this <laughs> person's going to be there. We don't know what they're going to be dressed as, but it'll be something. Yeah, but some of them are like award-winning cosplayers, right? Bye, Sophie. She's dead now. <laughs> there were more cosplayers listed than comic book creators. Yeah. well, maybe So more people dressed up like comic book characters and less people drawing comic book characters. At comic con. Yeah, yeah, no, I saw that too, and I was like, like I even like flicked through some of like their photos, and I was like, hey, these are really cool costumes. <sighs> Just saying, if you took out comic books, I would not go. If mm-hmm. you took out cosplayers, I wouldn't notice. Yeah, exactly. I always loved when we went to a fan expo how there's like all the anime cosplayers who are like outside, like posing and taking photos with each other, like all day. And like just like doing whatever, I'm like, that's cool. But did you buy tickets? <laughs> like, you're not in the convention. You're standing around on a grassy hill, posing. But what would be better if they did buy tickets or if they didn't? I, if they didn't. <laughs> right, like they just knew there was going to be some lawn to hang out on. Yeah, exactly. That's costumes. it. Just like like look at the little map of the venue and then be like, oh, I could just I could I'm just, just gonna walk up. there. Yeah. Why not? And not paying. $75 to stand outside. Yeah. Same thing, too, with it's, like, uh, when they have the, um, like, the panels, like, the anime panels, either they're really, really, really long because they're, like, done with the creators and there's translation, or it's, like, question, translate, answer, translate, answer to the crowd, which is, like, very long. Or they're with, like, voice actors, but I'm, like, but voice actors have nothing to do with the character. Like, I did my best to imitate the Japanese guy, and I had nothing to do with the creative process. <laughs> Thanks, voice actor. Like, you did a good job, but, like, <laughs> the character wasn't based on your voice. You're an afterthought, and you had nothing to do with, like, really forming that character because the entire studio and production of it was already done by the time you even, like, showed up to talk. <laughs> I was like, wow, voice actors, who cares about your Q&A? Speaking of anime, uh, Studio Ghibli, Ghibli just announced that they are closing 
What did Studio Ghibli do, Scott? All the Miyazaki films. House Moving oh, Castle. Yeah, 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 I did. I heard about Princess that. Princess Mononoke and My Friend Totoro. And they're, they're done. They're, they're finished. That is the saddest. Is Miyazaki, like, retired? Yeah, that's, that's exactly why Miyazaki announced his retirement, like, six months ago. And they're like, well, we are no longer relevant. That, that's that. It's like the, the opposite of Disney. Well, <laughs> Walt's dead, so let's take over the worlds. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but those movies were, like, they're very different anime style and everything else like that. Like, you can kind of imagine, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Penis. Like, penis, no. I'm just saying, you can kind of imagine, like, for instance, other studios, like, adapting to other styles, but you can't really imagine Studio Ghibli, like, just suddenly being like, Ava! And you're like, you guys don't have a ton of experience with giant robots or whatever. You just make these cutesy little movies that are kind of unlike everything else that's in anime. Yeah, but, I mean, he didn't make the movies all by himself. No, but... Was, was yeah, no but one else there that was... But that's what I'm saying. But the entire studio is, a, is, like, built around, like, his creating talents. his vision. And his vision is so unique from, like, other anime that he doesn't, like... Like, is there... You're, like, specialized in creating that look. Which I think is what's sad. Because other studios were not making movies like that. Yeah, oh, no. I, and now I, no I, one is making movies like that. I don't know. I just find it uh, unfortunate. This computer is very difficult to work with. So, Scott, yep. uh, we're now talking with you. I wanted to talk about this a little bit. Uh, you have a microphone. Mm-hmm. And usually there was two things that you did that were related to microphones. And now, no longer. There's only one thing you do with a microphone, and it's podcasting. <laughs> it is no longer uh, derby announcing. Oh, oh God! I thought you were talking about my short-lived webcam career. Ugh. That was uncomfortable. My doctor said I should stop that. Stop the webcam, <laughs> especially the inserting microphones into everywhere. Man, I got some good sound bites though. <laughs> so yeah, derby. You retired on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my roller derby announcing career is over. So you say. Yes. <laughs> but importantly, my voice does carry a lot of weight in that decision. <laughs> it's true. But <laughs> the people that will potentially harass you to get you to announce roller derby would be, includes myself and Plastic Patrick, who are both not exactly people that take no for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a, a nice last bout on Saturday. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun. Rakai... Won their championship and, uh, against Les Filles du Roi. Yep. FDR made a real game of it until the halfway, and then Rakai just, like, stormed it. FDR was up by 50 at one point early in the first period. Mm-hmm. And Rack came back and was up by f- 20 or 30 at the half and then stretched it to being up by 50 and then just slowly pulled away the rest of the bout. Boom. It was good. It was a good bout. Also, another retirement, K-Dog. K-Dog retired yep. in her last bout, won an MVP mm-hmm. for a blocker. It's a nice little thing. She was there at the start. Oh, she's one of the few, I would say. Yeah, and she was the first roller derby player that I had recognized. Right? Someone I went with pointed yeah, her out yeah. on the track. So mm. kind of weird <laughs> finishing the exact same time. That it's K-Dog. Yeah. Similar, similar life paths. You, you got married and <laughs> had babies. She named her baby <laughs> after you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, I was, I was a little bummed to have, have missed the, the, the retirement. It was good. It was a, it was a good bout, and then 
I just kind of lingered in the arena as everyone else was cleaning up and leaving. Mm-hmm. Got a little choked up there at the end. Did you cry? No, but it was one conversation away from crying. I was like, one conversation or a few more PBRs. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <I was> <laughs> Like, if someone had come up to me at that point and said, hey, I'm really sad about you leaving. Tell me how you feel right now. I, I wouldn't have been able not to cry. Do you, want me to, uh, do you want me to crush your ego, Scott? What? Just a little bit? Sure. Okay. This was good times. At Oshiaga on Sunday, a dude was like, hey, you announced roller derby. I was like, oh, yeah, I do. And he's like, there was some other guy there last night. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's the original, not Patrick. <laughs> I was like, both Scott and I have often lamented the fact that standing next to Patrick, it's hard to get noticed yourself. You're not Patrick. Yeah, <laughs> that is, I, I'm like legit considering changing my name to just not Patrick <laughs> as like my roller derby, derby name. My name is not Patrick, and these are the Fizuwa. <laughs> just because, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you've gotten that a ton. But I was excited oh, all the time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is the first year, I guess, because. You were you were like on semi-retired this year, I would say. You were on like work slowdown. <laughs> like I think I did more this year than last year. Yeah, I thought you only did like the two this year. You did two plus no. Beast, I think. Two at the arena plus Beast plus oh. one at the Taz. Yeah. And I did Quad City Chaos. Yeah, and you traveled. Okay. Yeah, I was three or four. I didn't do Beast. I did three or four at the place. The arena and then one at Taz. Yeah. Anyway, so but yeah, this is the, this is the absolute first year that I've like started even being recognized by skaters as an <laughs> announcer, despite this being like the sixth year that I've been announcing. Fifth. I'm gonna crush your ego a little bit because at the after party, nobody knows who I am. Yeah, at the after party, oh, a couple skaters were like, "So, who's Patrick? Like, what's Patrick gonna do?" I'm like, "Well, you know, there's like, that other guy. Well, you know, Mel." Retired. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, FLQ retired. <laughs> so I'm like, well, Keith's still around. Who? <laughs> like that, that guy yeah. who's announced for five years. Yeah, I was like, what? there's like, a, there's a very big, like, I feel that there's like the younger skaters recognize me because they're a little over eager, and then like the really old skaters who like I started with recognize me, but then there's a giant batch in the middle who are just like, <laughs> who the fuck is this? <laughs> Does he even know what he's doing? Thanks everybody. Uh, shit, I wanted to. That's all right. No, no, no. It's good. Sure. It's good. Uh, uh, the I, after I party was nice, and I had a lot of uh, beers in the parking lot and chatted with a bunch of people. Um, the bout was really good. The crowd was really hot. Uh, I wore my gold tracksuit just to bring things full circle. Your original, uh, original outfit. Yeah, it is hot to <laughs> wear that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sweaty arena. Pat, uh, referee Patricide was also. He was like, it was so fucking hot. Cause yeah, it was like. All day on Saturday, everybody was paranoid about the rain because we were at Oceania yeah. all day. And I was like, it didn't rain, which was a plus. But because it didn't rain, it was so fucking humid. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got some hugs from skaters after <laughs> the bout, which normally I'm kind of disgusted by because they're sweaty messes. But I was also a sweaty mess. So I was like. Gross. Give what you get. So Oceaga, Scott. Oceaga. This is the first time. In history, that I went to all three days of Oshiaga because of the lineup. I've never been to all three days. I've only been, I think, maybe two or three times prior to this, and it's always been for a single day. So, uh, you want to hear what I saw? Like, stuff that stood out? Stuff that was good, yeah. Stuff that, heard stuff that was just like, I saw this, and then I left after five minutes. And then it was boring and shitty. 
chance chance canceled. Like day of. I'm so glad I didn't buy a ticket then, because that would have ruined everything for me. I would. I was a little bummed. Also, I was like doubly bummed because he has like two or three tracks with Childish, like one way or the other on yeah. each other's album, and Childish was the same day. And in my head, I was like, They're gonna hang yeah, out. They're gonna hang out, and like they did. Like Childish did one of his one of the songs, the uh, the one on Because of the Internet, about the girls there, like the you sunshine and rainbow. I think Chance is on that one, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's like backup on it. Whatever. Whatever the case, like he did a song and it was just like Chance's voice just over a speaker, and I was like, I really feel like he should be there, <laughs> like he was <laughs> supposed to be here, and so that was kind of a bummer. Um, that would have been a bummer for me. Like I list, I still listen to acid rap a lot. I'll say Gambino was uh, mostly disappointing. Like I don't know if he always performs with the band or not, or if he sometimes performs with the DJ. But a DJ can, like, when a rapper, like, changes his flow and, like, speeds up or slows down, a DJ can, like, easily speed up or slow down a track to match him if the DJ's, like, on point. Yep. A band cannot. <laughs> so when Childish was kind of, like, taking some liberties with the speed of his raps and the band would either get ahead or behind him, it was really off-putting. The first three or four songs were, like, almost train wrecks. Like, I was like, this is really hard to watch. Then he, then they got it together a little bit better, and it was a, it was a lot more fun. Was it a lot of the new album, or uh, they they went back and forth a lot. They I was like also kind of like surprised because uh, we talked about this a little bit. Like I really enjoy Camp, and I'm not a huge fan of uh, um, because right you know, there with you. Yeah, and like he played Bonfire, and there was like almost no reaction, and I was like, I guess people really like his later stuff. I was like, when he played Bonfire, I was like, fucking right. Uh. <laughs> like, this song is amazing. And, yeah, it was, not to say, like, no reaction. Like, certainly, like, Childish fans liked it. But it was like, it didn't have, like, the big crowd reaction of some of his later stuff. Like, like Heartbeat destroyed, Bonfire got meh. You know? And I was all like, okay, I guess. That was That's my weird. Because, like, Bonfire was released. Yeah, like, it's just got a video. It got airplay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, it was a little bit weird, but yeah, I was a little underwhelmed with... Uh, also, it didn't help, too, that for whatever reason, um, it was like the volume on his mic wasn't loud enough. And I'm like, half of the point of Gambino is clever rhymes. And if his clever rhymes aren't, like, louder than the music, you're kind of just like, are his beats so good that you're like... <laughs> you know, it's like his beats aren't amazing. It's not like if you, like... We're listening to like the roots or whatever, and you couldn't really get what they were saying. You're like, oh, they're still jamming and it's awesome. <laughs> but you're like, Gambino. this is a guy who made his stripes by rapping over CDs playing. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So it was like, yeah, childish was a little bit. Uh, AWOL Nation was uh, really, really good. That guy's uh, a lot of fun. It looked like he was the first time he saw the sun <laughs> in like history. Like, he literally like walked out, looked like sunken eyes, pale skin, and was like, had like put his hand up over his face to be like, this is incredibly bright. <laughs> and it's the middle of the day because he was playing at like 3.45 in the afternoon being like, why is it so sunny? The uh, number one fucking beef with Oshiaga. And I wanted to get a shirt made. Maybe we should make it on the website. It's just a shirt that says, play that one song. Because there's, it's like people like, he starts and they're like, sale, play sale. You hear all these bros yelling, play. I'm like, he's going to play it, guys. Like he's not such a big artist that he can't. <laughs> like get, that he could get away with not playing it, but he's probably gonna put it towards the end because he knows that when you pl- when he plays it, you're all gonna fucking leave, you know. And it's like he also has other songs, even as other songs on the radio, like he has other hits, he has other singles. <laughs> Fuck, that was so and like just repeatedly, yeah, you're like have these bands and you have people yelling at the band to play that one song, and you're like, 
I, you're, they all have like one hour sets for the most part, sometimes even shorter. They're going to play the crowd pleaser. Like, don't fucking panic. Just don't fucking yell at them. You're like, they're not your fucking monkeys. Speaking of bros at Oshiaga, did you see the Tumblr feed? Brosiaga? Brosiaga, yeah. Ah, it's good stuff. <laughs> there was a guy, there's like a single kind of tall tree that's like near the main stage, that's like off from the forest, and it's like, I guess because it's near the main stage, it's like there's never any leaves on it or anything. It's been there for right. years. And a bro climbed it. <laughs> and we like hashtagged it. We're like, Brosiaga in the YOLO tree. Because <laughs> he fucking was so high up, or like he's going to fall and die. <laughs> Uh, Foster's People was alright. Chromio put on, uh, a Chromio set, which I guess is kind of all you can say about that. They were like, if you like Chromio, you'd enjoy that set. They didn't do anything super fucking crazy. Uh, Outcast was amazing. Outcast was fucking ridiculous. Like, it's, that's one of those bands where I would not necessarily, um, like, I wouldn't pay the fucking 80 to 100 dollars to go see them at the Bell Center. I'm not that big of a fucking fan of Outcast. However, like, Bombs Over Baghdad came out in 98, maybe, and that was already on their third album, because I remember actually, like, checking out some of their earlier stuff, because, like, Bombs Over Baghdad, like, blew me away, and since then, they've kind of been, like, they've had a number of singles that have hit radio play that they're like, okay, like, when you start listening to them, when you start realizing they're going to play a set, you're like, oh, I'm not an Outkast fan, and I know 10 of their songs by heart. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and it's like, okay, I definitely want to see them, and they were probably the tightest hip-hop group that i've ever seen perform live like because they do the thing where they like they finish each other's rhymes like in the middle of a line not like the beastie boys like rhyme answer rhyme answer rhyme answer that's like and not just like jumping in with a word it's like in the middle of a sentence one stops rapping the other starts rapping and they're going back and forth just like walking around on stage with like some theatrics and stuff just seamlessly back and forth was completely blown away how good Outcast was, and these are guys who are always doing other stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they have like, like a they're million. always acting or doing other projects or yeah, exactly. That's it. And they just never, never lost the fact that they can just apparently destroy with microphones. <laughs> I watched 15 minutes of Skrillex and it was like nightmare music, and people went like <laughs> Skrillex on it. <laughs> I will say that he doesn't do straight uh, dubstep anymore. I, like, the only reason to go see Skrillex is to watch a crowd of Skrillex fans. Yep, and I got to see that for about 10, 15 minutes during the end of his set. So possibly while they were at their most Skrillex. <laughs> the fucking, like, that gif there, like, faces of Skrillex, like that. I was like, yeah. nope, that's not an exaggeration. People just losing their fucking minds. I, I don't even hate the guy, but I can't imagine there's anything that he's going to bring to a live show that's going to top other people listening to his music. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He just sits there and he has, like, bleepy bloops images on the stage. Uh, Saturday, what stood out on Saturday? Uh, Chick 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 was super fun. And they also pronounce their name as Chick Chick Chick, so... It's not. It also is that, but I'm just (laughs) saying, but, like, if you're going to vocalize it, Chick 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 is apparently the the accepted way. Because that's what they said. Uh, Modest Mouse was really good. I mean, as, again, Modest Mouse, kind of a similar boat as Outcast. You're like, wait, I know a lot of these songs. Uh, so here's like kind of what I perceive as a bit of a fuck up in booking, is that J Cole, you know J Cole, rapper sounds familiar, hip hopper, hip hopper for the bros, was immediately followed up by Nick Cave. <laughs> like you have not seen an exodus from a main stage, like in that fucking that quantity of just 
dudes with no shirts and tank tops just flooding away from Nick Cave. And Nick Cave <laughs> was just sort of like, we'll wait. We'll, you can go. And, like, just, like, standing there, like... <laughs> And like I was like, oh fuck, he's gonna be pissed. And then hey, whatever, he got into it, and it's like he started playing like, uh, you know, like the main stage at uh, Park John Drapeau. Like, mm-hmm. the crowd basically became non-existent. I would say maybe twenty to thirty percent of the way between the stage and the mountain. Like, it's <laughs> really not a lot of people stuck around for Nick Cave, which is like kind of a shame for musical legend and whatnot. But like. I would say it's more people who are really Nick Cave fans are probably not going to pay to watch Modest Mouse and J. Cole. And yeah, I would, I would also – I would say that too. And I mean it's only an hour, but it's like, like – it was one of those things like that, this happened a couple of years ago with Elvis Costello where Elvis Costello was like, closing out the show. And I think they kind of did this with Nick Cave to have him not closing out the show so people weren't like leaving and going home. You know, <laughs> you know like, people who were leaving from J. Cole were probably headed over to some other stage. They weren't going home. You know, it's like because when Elvis Costello closed out the show, there was like people leaving in droves. And I was like, even if you're not a fan of Elvis Costello, you're like, you're at Oceaga. Like, there's a. If you eliminated Elvis Costello from music history, you might have a lot less of these bands at Oceaga. Like, he kind of made <laughs> indie rock in a way, you know? Like, there's. Do you understand who's on stage right now and the music that you listen to and w- how those two things correlate? Nick Cave was a little bit the same story. But anyway, once Nick Cave started kind of like performing to the people directly in front of him, he stopped being as grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it turned out to be a pretty fucking good show. Jack White headline, and I don't think you can – he just fucking did what Jack White does, which was awesome. He like, does a lot of different things. Like, Well – the one thing that I appreciate is that he really got the impression of, like, a, a performing – he really gave the impression of, like, a performing band. Like, I don't think he played a single song straight, like, the way it is on the album. Like, okay. it was always a variation. Either he would, like, change the way that he was singing or, like, make it a little bit more up-tempo or, like, slow it down or, like, one of the songs. They had, like, a Zimmerman where there is – Theremin, not theremin. a Zimmerman. <laughs> theremin where there wasn't really, like, a Theremin on it and stuff. Like, there was some variation of every single solitary song. Which I thought was really like, it's like a musician's musician kind of thing. Like he's like, yeah, why would I play the song the way it is on the album? You've heard that, <laughs> you know. It's like right. I'll like mix it up. Sunday, uh, Vance Joy was at a way small stage. I feel like Vance Joy was probably booked before he had number one fun time summertime hit. Is the song Riptide? Like, Say it for me. Coming on down to the riptide, take you away to. It's like on Mix 96, Shome, and The Buzz. Like, and I was like, and then they put him at, I would say, like the second smallest stage <laughs> of the festival. <laughs> and I was like, Sarah and I got. Did uh, he play that one song? He did play that one song, okay. pretty much, and closed with it too, which I, I was like, I was like, don't play it first. Or maybe play it first. That would have been kind of nice. Like, Sarah and I listen to the EP a lot. <laughs> so, like, we actually know. Pretty much, like, his stuff. Ex- the only stuff we didn't know is, like, he has an album coming out in a couple weeks. Like, the only stuff we didn't know were, like, brand new songs, you know? But th- the rest of the songs, we knew them all. <laughs> so stuff that hadn't dropped yet, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So it's, like, I wouldn't have minded if he opened it up and, like, gave us room. Because it was, like, people were, like, spilling out. There were guaranteed people who were, like, close enough to hear but not see, like, right. anything from the stage. Because, like, the stage is so small. There's no screens or anything attached to this teeny tiny <laughs> stage. Uh, but, yeah, he was really, really good. Um, Portugal the Man. Do you know Portugal the Man at all? I do not. They're just kind of like an indie rock band, but they started a month like they did like a, a fifteen minute like medley that started <laughs> with Nightman. 
<laughs> like from Always Sunny. And again, nobody fucking like it was like midday, I guess. Yeah, it was four o'clock. So it's like kind of middle. It's pretty early for night, man. Yeah. Well, but it's fighter of the day, man. <laughs> anyway, and like again, there's like a throng of people in front, but nobody like seemed to be catching what was happening. Like like night, man. Ah, and like Sarah and I are like ah, like raising our. Nobody's like everyone's just like milling about. Like what the fuck is going on? I was like <laughs> nobody understands. Then followed like again, it's a medley. Like followed it up with a song that appeared to be about Nightman. <laughs> like not from the show, but inspired like inspired by inspired by like including the lyrics like you need to give us the boy's soul. <laughs> stuff like that just and like they're fucking like dying of laughter on stage while they're doing this like they're playing it straight but they're all like looking at each other and cracking up then i went into a couple of their songs and then finished off with oasis's champagne supernova and they're still dying when they're singing champagne supernova and i was like you had one hour and you decided to <laughs> devote 15 minutes to a medley that started with nightman and ended with oasis <laughs> and i don't think contained any of your own music I was like, you win at trolling the festival like as hard as you possibly can. <laughs> uh, Cut Copy was super fun. Uh, Gogo Bordello was Gogo Bordello. I kind of, Sarah and I went nuts and ran around and punched the air. and Punch dancing. Exactly. Do a lot of punch dancing to Gogo Bordello. And uh, then we actually didn't go see the Arctic Monkeys because there were so many people that had Arctic Monkey t-shirts on that we saw during the day. We decided not to deal with the crowd. Like, there was more Arctic Monkey shirts than any other bands being, like, repped all weekend long. And I was like, I don't want to. After three days of festivaling for, like, eight or nine hours a day, the concept of one really big last crowd was not <laughs> a thing that we did. So we ended up uh, listening to like Likey Lee or Leaky Lee. Okay. Yeah. Nordic girl. Anyway. Oceaga was good fun, but we were immediately talking about Oceaga 2015 and what it would take to make me want to go back all three days. I don't know. Do you have any ideas? I was like, Foo Fighters would be a big one if Foo Fighters yeah. were playing. Because they would be getting a headline spot. So, like, all the headline spots had between an hour 45 and two hours, which is like, okay, that's like, I will, that's like a concert, essentially. You can't really expect a band to do much more than an hour 45 or two hours when you go pay to see them. Like, that's. Uh, Foo Fighters, Daft Punk. Daft Punk would be big, I would say. Yeah. Maybe like like bands that I would care about. I'm like Blur would be a pretty big band, but I wouldn't care that much. I don't even know if there's still Gorillas. Gorillas. If Gorillas if, had if like Blur is is on a table. Why not the Gorillas? That'd be cool. For sure, but again, but how would how would the Gorillas? They would have. I would go see the Gorillas if they were doing it like when they did that the tour there with the orchestra. With the puppets. I don't know. Did they do one with puppets? They did one with puppets. That's cool. I don't know, but yeah, there's like there's not a lot of bands that I think that would like pull me out. I guess maybe like not necessarily headliners, but I was like, if Does It Offend You, yeah, got back together, I'd be like really into that. Maybe just this as like a secondary headliner, or even maybe a main stage headliner. They would kind of have to have a new album out, I would think. Death from Above. Action Bronson. Or hip hop, you'd go yeah. Action Bronson. I have the feeling like Action Bronson would put on a crazy show. Because he's a crazy man. MF Doom. Yeah, I'd love to see (laughs) MF Doom live. (laughs) Put the mask on, stand in the corner of the stage, back facing the crowd. (laughs) Go crazy. (laughs) Try not to have a panic attack. (laughs) It's MF Doom. It'd be great. Good times. You'd be on like a minor stage. 
You would. Uh, you absolutely wouldn't be on a headline stage. But <laughs> put him on something small. Anyway, yeah, I was uh, also. I mean, we've heard a lot of like Oshiaga horror stories about like bathrooms and water, water and crowds, and there was not to say none of that. Like there was absolutely. I would say a five to ten minute wait for water at the main stage, and if you wanted to like head off to one of the smaller stages, you could lower that to like a five minute wait. That was so like water was easy. They also gave out these uh, little collapsible water bottles, like that they, that they gave out. So, which I thought was also really cool that you didn't need to like bring your own water bottle to have a thing to put water in. Um, you mean you don't walk around with a tin cup strapped to your belt? <laughs> Not that much of a hipster. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, the lineups crossing some of the bridges were a little bit annoying, but again, it wasn't more than like losing ten minutes. Like at no point in time did it take more than fifteen minutes to get from one stage to another. Unless you were showing up on day three, trying to get into the grounds. And even then, that was... That was a big crowd. That was a big crowd, but they were like they were kind of milling through it. That took us about 20, 25 to 30 minutes to get in. That's not so bad. Which is like, it is a long, and like you said, that you saw that picture that I took. <laughs> it was crowded, and you're like, this is if, shitty. If you're, you're like, telling me 25 minutes it took them, there must have been 20,000 people in that photo. Yeah. Well, there are people behind us, too. <laughs> Yeah, and again, and I <laughs> really think it might have been for fans' joy. <laughs> like, because it was that early in the day that I don't think that they even stalked for that many people showing up that early. Like, I mean, I don't know who was on the main stage at that point. I'll check my map. Like, the at that time, it was Bombay Bicycle Club, maybe. That's also pretty. They were pretty big. Like... Or people were just thinking, oh, I'll try to get in early because Sunday was the day that was sold out first. I don't know what it was, but previous days, Friday and Saturday, we basically just we showed up at between 2 and 3 o'clock and walked in. That's cool. So, yeah, like it was like certainly there's a lot of people. Certainly you're going to have to like wait for the bathroom, but it was like even the bathroom waits 5, 10 minutes tops. Like, I mean, like there's – and there's like – there's always like an, a time where you're like, okay, there's kind of nothing that I really care about. So as long as you like plan – you're never really like missing anything by going to the bathroom or getting water or whatever. The speakers in the porta potties. You always no. hear your favorite band. No, but the 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 speakers <laughs> in the main stage were loud enough that you could hear it. Apparently. <laughs> oh yeah, I would. If there was as lineup as good as that, I'd consider going again for three days. I would probably. I mean, as usual, I would probably consider going again for a day. Oh, I mean, she. It always depends on who they put on the. Yeah. Who's on the card? Yeah, exactly. That's it. I mean, like the last time, the last time I went. Uh, was the Elvis Costello day where it was like bands I was going for were Death Room Above, Ratatat, Lupe Fiasco, Elvis Costello, and I was like, and there were some other bands that we checked out too. But I was like, those four, like if there's four bands that you're like, wait, I would, I would pay money to see all four of these acts at like various times, and then it was like whatever it is, like eighty, eighty-five bucks for a day, and you're like, okay, like even Elvis Costello on his own is a gonna be an eighty dollar ticket, you know, yeah. <laughs> like like without even fucking trying. So And he does he's not a guy who tours every year either. So yeah, exactly. Like, it's not, not like that often. And he he ended up playing super, super long set when we did go to see him because he was like it was like past eleven and then he was like, Yeah, they're telling us that we need to stop and whatever And he's like gets real quiet and he's like, Hang on, the the techno music stage is still making noise. Like we're gonna we're gonna keep playing until the techno music stage over there is quiet. So we're gonna play another song <laughs> <laughs> just like starts playing and like the producer comes up and he's like 
just like shakes them off a little bit. Being like, no, like if techno music is still happening, Elvis Costello is still playing, which I thought was super cool because like he was like he, he was a, a headliner. He was a headliner, but was also like he was like there were people like in droves leaving during his set. He was like, I'll just I'll just play you out then. Have a good time. <laughs> Have a safe trip home, everybody. Like he was like like calling them out like, and I was like, so he just as easily could have been like fucking 1055 is here i'm fucking done these people are assholes but yeah i think he had to be he was like well you know he's like everybody who stayed i think you're going to enjoy yourselves quite a bit you know, <laughs> you know and you're like yay elvis costello like yeah and, and then i mean but there's also the fucking shittiness of the noise laws. like i don't know if you've heard i think it was last year or the year before that where they like literally pulled the plug on the cure <laughs> i was like oh i was like whoever did that was like oh And just like and it's all the people across the river who file those complaints, right? Yeah, and it's apparently like a pretty like, I think it's like a fifty to hundred thousand dollar fine, which is like yes, they could absorb if they wanted to, but I'm like that's still a fucking chunk of change for a few more minutes of a band playing. Yeah, you know, like you're like, well, wow, that just like doubled an artist's appearance fees. You know, because it's not like the festival isn't paying the bands to show up, and it's like, oh, really? Like the m- you just you cost us this much money, and then you just cost us like another hundred thousand dollars. And and again, this is the same park where the F one is takes place every every year. That part fucking annoys the shit out of me, because <laughs> they they have a F one's pretty loud. I think the F one is uh, has it has it. They I mean they they're still subject to the same laws in terms of cutoff time, yeah. but they're not subject to the same laws in terms of overall decibels. Decibels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I told you about the thing about heavy MTL, where they were like, "Are you? Wh- are, what are you gonna do about Motorhead?" And they're like, "Just pay the fine." <laughs> 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 they were like, "There's no like other bands are like, oh okay, like this is the level and whatever else like that." And I was like, "Can you just imagine like going to Motorhead sound text being like, uh, okay, so like you guys like this is like the decibel level, like we have like a little meter, and then be like, we're the loudest band on earth, like that, and that's not just a thing, like that's it's on our T-shirts." <laughs> the loudest band on earth so anyway fuck yourselves <laughs> now it's louder <laughs> you're just like i was like i just thought that was hilarious <laughs> was like what are you gonna do about motorhead pay the fine like it's just we've budgeted an extra like fifty thousand dollars so whatever the fucking <laughs> fine is that, that's what it takes to bring motorhead yeah nice i was like well you saw the uh the lemmy documentary no i didn't chat oh it's on netflix you should check it out yeah. but there's like one part where he's like he has like a bass and he's he's like he's like doom 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 he's like that's how a normal bass sounds and then he just like cranks everything on the amp just like he's like that's how you play motorhead bass it's just like such screaming noise coming out of lemmy's bass and you're like fair enough lemmy have at you so scott yep there's no transition on this at all P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban. Yep. Third highest player in the NHL. Third yep. highest paid player in the NHL. Highest paid defenseman. Mm-hmm. Highest paid Montreal Canadian of all time. Yep. What do you think? I'm so glad they signed P.K. Subban for eight years. What about the – what money are you going to sign Gallagher and Galchaniuk and all them with? Are, are you like, not my problem? Are they going to win – are they going to win big trophies? I hope so. Because that'd be like if you think about what PK Subban brings to the Montreal Canadiens mm-hmm. organization, not not team organization. Yeah, he easily is the top seller of jerseys and merchandise. Oh yeah, for sure, and uh, gets them into the news, 
and his top photo op guy and the guy that kids want to meet and yeah. no no doubt i i almost wish there he's, was he's also built to play in a city like montreal his his personality his temperament his his ability to deal with the jeers and the booze yeah and take some shit in stride all that stuff. Interviews, super critical new sports reporters, mm-hmm. all of that. None of that has phased them so far. So, yeah, like, exactly. again. Also, does the thing that you kind of want and not a lot of people do in Montreal, which is occasionally actually, like, cuts loose a little on the mic. Yeah. Like, which is interesting. Typically players do not do and they shy away from in Montreal. Because Brian Giotta. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but I mean, but it's understandable, right? Because you're, like, you're under – so much more scrutiny than you are in any other city. Like, you could, if you're, like, fucking playing in... Yeah, Sean Avery would not have done well in Montreal. Yeah, exactly. Just for that reason. Yeah. because he couldn't shut up. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Or better, you could suck and say anything you want in Nashville. You're yeah. like, because, like, the sports... We're in New York. Or in New York. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. But it's, like, in the sports page on Nashville, I'm sure hockey's, like, page five. You know? <laughs> if... Let's see. If that... Let's see. The sports page in Nashville would be... Football, yep. College football, yep. Basketball, basketball, college, college basketball. basketball, country music. Somehow, on the sports page, baseball, this hockey. Co- this country, <laughs> this country musician was playing at, at golf. this football game. <laughs> exactly, and then uh, hockey, and baseball, and then hockey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're like, if Shea Weber flies off the handle, you're like, okay, who? who? What kind of name is Shea? <laughs> Sounds like she Weber, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm super happy they signed him. The money is, yeah. You know, I thought about this. If um, Drew Doughty and Shea Weber were up for contracts this year, they would be making more than than nine. What do you mean? They'd be making more money than what PK is making. PK is a hit of nine. Hit of nine. Yeah. They they would sign for more than that. If their contracts were up for negotiation this year, I don't know. I, I'm, I do. Dowdy, Dowdy signed for seven, right, or six point nine. Yeah. And I'm like that. That to me, that's the, that's the sticking point about PK is Dowdy at seven. I'm like, uh, I was like, is PK two million dollars more than Dowdy? Like he's more offense than Dowdy, but he's worse defense than Dowdy. Like, uh, you know what? He's going to be playing next year. With Markov, it's going to be great. Markov just needs to teach him that stretch pass. Because I was like, was talking about like Drew Doughty's stretch pass is a fucking nightmare. Because it's like, it's Markov's, but on PK's body. I'm telling you, he's not going to have to play with Georges. And being able to play with Markov on the ice all the time. I don't think they're going to play all the time. Someone's got someone's to hook up with Weaver to stop Weaver from being a pylon. Gilbert. Gilbert? We- Weaver's not the pylon. It was the other guy. Murray was the pylon. No, Murray was the terrible pylon. Weaver's okay. Gilbert played with, with Weaver okay. in Florida. They have good chemistry together. Did I tell you about the nickname that I Emelin did not know about? And then it's and it's one of the rookies. Maybe. But do you know, do you know Mike Weaver's nickname? No. The Dream? The Dream Weaver? <laughs> <laughs> Mike uh, the Dream Weaver. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. So not even remotely <laughs> related to his style of play. <laughs> yeah, but I only I only found and apparently he was like uh, hashtagging a lot of his tweets towards like the end of the season with like uh, uh, La Rive, 
<laughs> I was like, it's the best. <laughs> and yeah, he took this whole series of uh, of Twitter photos that were hilarious. He was like, I don't know if it's like done in alphabetical order or something, but I was like cleaning out my locker last, and he's like. Locker room was pretty much all cleared out, and someone left this amazing poster of Patches, and it's just like like the the cover of his magazine, but with a mustache drawn <laughs> on it, like I guess from November or some shit. And there's just all these photos with Mike Weaver and the poster of Patcheretti. He's like hanging out at the pool with my best friend Patcheretti. <laughs> there's just the poster on a chair. He's like going golfing with Patcheretti in the chair. <laughs> it's like this is the greatest thing ever. Because Patcheretti, I don't even know if he responded to any of the tweets. Just like this fucking guy, and he's like, I've been, and when he got signed too, he was like, man, he's like, I was holding all these photos like saved for like waiting to be signed because it was like pretty much a done deal. But he's like, I right. didn't want to like release them if I wasn't signed with Habs. Right. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck, Mike? We were signed with Buffalo, and he's posting all these pictures with the Habs thing. <laughs> so are you, uh, are you, are you considering being a, a, a closet, not closet, but like a, a cusp? Buffalo fan? No, no. Gianta and Georges don't do it for you. I never, I never liked Gianta and the Canadians. Huh? I never liked Gianta and the Canadians. I thought he was a bad signing. I thought he was a bad choice for captain. I thought he got way more ice time last year than than his stats deserved. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm okay with. He seems like a nice enough guy, but I, I'm okay with him playing somewhere else now. <laughs> George's, I, I like George's. I'm, yeah. I'm sad he's gone. I'll be a, f- a fan of his, but George's is overpaid though. Like that's for what, for he, what did. he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there are guys in the NHL who do what George's does, like Mike Weaver, and uh, <laughs> like, uh, don't have as good agents. What do you think about the captaincy? Yeah, I think PK Subban should have it. You think? Yeah. Did you see the uh, the Rodimus Prime analogy? Yes, that's uh, a good good analogy, but I don't think that'll. That'll be the case. My also, I don't think the Canadians organization will give it to him. I don't think they'll give it to him either. I would because Montreal is one of the few teams that has the organization choose the captain, not the team. Yeah. So, and I don't think PK's French is good enough. Also that true. Didn't, that didn't stop them from putting in Gianta, but uh, but still, Gianta, I think it might have been contractual. What that he had to learn some French? No, that he was going to get the captaincy. I don't know. There wasn't really anybody else that I would have put it on at the time. Yeah. Well, I think he had negotiated a, a contract, and that was part of it. I don't know, but I thought that supposedly they offered to Markov, and Markov said no, and then it went to Gianta. That's the rumor that's always yeah. been floated around. Yeah. Markov, would you like it? No, thank you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <The> very <laughs> I was talking to Pat. That might also be contractual. <laughs> they Andre have to Markov ask, and he will say asked. no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even though he will always say no. Yeah. Apparently, there's this amazing thing. Um, when you're watching the uh, the 24CH stuff on YouTube, you'll find all these the little like how well do you know your teammates videos that they show during the thing. And apparently, there's an amazing one with Galchenyuk and Markov with them both being like dry and hilarious Russians. <laughs> like Markov is like, how many tattoos do I have, and what do they mean? And Alex is Galchenyuk's all like, you don't have tattoos, and he's like, that's right. <laughs> it's just like complete stone face, both back, <laughs> back and forth. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> like, well, Gatchenik doesn't have the accent, obviously. Well, he actually—he's got a bit of a. He accent. has like a little, like a weird something. My dad has an accent, so that's how I learned to speak English, kind of accent. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So, but yeah, apparently it's just amazing of like just dry Russians, <laughs> just like trolling each other. So the big question with the Canadians is how Peter do you make Budai. a team of all centers? 
What do you do with <laughs> What do you do with Peter Brudai? Trade him. To who? Like literally anybody. Like, Islanders, I guess. They Dynamo love, Riga. They like. love. They love goalies. I'm saying someone someone would pick up Budai. He's a solid backup, and then play Tukarski, get Tukarski some games, trade Tukarski, and then you bring up Fukali like in like two years. Yep. And <laughs> I feel so what bad. Is how is how are the other teams in the league not looking at World Junior Championship goalies and drafting them? Like it just blows my mind. <laughs> Montreal's like, hey, that Carey Price guy won the World Juniors. Let's draft him. Hey, that Dustin Tukarski guy. And he's won the World Championships. Let's draft him. What is the other teams doing? How are the Edmonton Oilers just constantly like, man, we really need some help in goal, so uh, Oilers, draft the, the forward. The Oilers can take Budai. The Oilers, Oilers should, should take, should take o- Budai. The Oilers should, should make a trade for Tukarski because yeah. by the time he gets around to being ready to maybe the rest, starter, of, the the rest of the ready. team will catch up. <laughs> yeah, stupid. What was the uh, – yeah, World Juniors are in Montreal this year, right? Yep. <clears throat> Unfortunately, you can only buy like extremely expensive booklets of tickets, like to groups mm-hmm. and whatever, or some shit. Or it's not groups, because they have it split up so that you get some Canada games and some non-Canada games. Because you can't buy individual games. But I'm really, really, I work right near the Bell Center. I'm really, really thinking I'm just gonna go to the scalpers to be like, like Czech Sweden Republic. versus Germany. Sweden versus Germany. Oh, exactly, or like Czech Republic versus. You know, Slovakia. Slovakia. I'm like, cause that's gonna be good hockey. Like, that's not even gonna like Sweden Germany is gonna be a blowout. But like Czech versus Slovakia, there's gonna be scalp tickets. Like, they're not gonna pack the Bell Center for that game. But if that's actually gonna be like some pretty high caliber hockey, like to watch. <laughs> Just like pick a side, go. I was like leaning on Czech because there's two Habs on the Czech team so far, or two potentially future Habs. But, also, uh, you're kind of racist. Hmm? I'm also I'm also partially Slavic. I'm also partially Czech. So, take that <laughs> accusation of racism. But yeah, the one thing I, was I think say that reinforces my accusation. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the one thing about putting the putting the C on PK that I do that does make me like worried about it though is that I can see PK being hard on himself, and when he's in a slump, not necessarily like even though he's slumping, I think he would let that reflect on himself in the locker room. I think maybe in a few years he so won't. So like Sidney Crosby. Like Sidney Crosby, like and that, which is like one of the things that they've, he's like, <laughs> talked about where it's like sometimes <laughs> the captain just disappears, and I'm like I think that's not a captain, which is or like Ovechkin, like I mean we watched fucking. I don't even think Ovechkin's not a captain. I just, I think he's a kind of a crazy person. It was a bad choice for captaincy for that. <laughs> no, but like you, like when you watched, um, like when you watched twenty four seven. HBO, HBO twenty four seven with the with the caps, he like, didn't fucking do or say anything like a captaincy, like at least Sid like did. Admittedly, they were on a winning streak and Sid was like putting up points, which is like where you want Sid to be, and but like the caps were in a slump when that show started, and you saw nothing from Ovechkin. You're like, really, no pep talks or no like let's go guys. You just but said who would you do it in Montreal? Like who would you put there? Sign Saffy. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have pay, them play the fourth line. You pay. You can't because Mahatra's down there. <laughs> we have so many centers. You know who could send to the fourth line? Brandon Prust or Manny. There you go. You know who could send to the third line? Alex Galchenyuk or Lars Eller. Eller's going to be on the second line this year. So you're not going to put Deharnay centering Pacioretty? No. You're going to – Yep. You're going to 
for Plex with Patches? Plex is going to be in the first line. He's finally going to get some real power play time. Yeah, but are you going to put him with? But you have to put Patchetti on your top line. Yep. And so DeHarnay centering the third line with Galchaniuk on the wing, or do you? Because because DeHarnay can't play fucking center. I mean, can't play wing. It's right. garbage. Yeah. So you're fucking it's up Galchaniuk's development because DeHarnay's useless. And DeHarnay's only good when he's playing with Pacioretty. Yep. So you need he's to play He's not going to get those minutes. They're going to give him the Eller. After the contract, they're going to give him the Eller. I don't know. I feel that they're going to probably play DeHarnay with Pacioretty as trade bait to try to put him on display and then be like, do you have a big right winger? This guy can play <laughs> with some big right wingers. And then trade him. Like, because there's no room for him. <laughs> like, we have two... Oh, he might play down there with, with Gallagher and Bork. On the third line? Guess so. Maybe. Isn't Gallagher a natural center too? No. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> and the fourth line is Malhotra, Proust, and Moen. Yep. Who are all centers. Yeah. They let, they let White go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we had too many fourth line centers. <laughs> Our fourth line is made of fourth line centers. Yeah. It's uh, fucking, the, the entire team of centers is they're like, oh shit, it's fucking draft wingers or something. First line is going to be Plex, Patches, Parento. and... Or is Parento a right wing? Parento, I think, is going to be on the second line, unless he can play his way up. But then who's on the first? That guy. Bork? No, Bork's on the third line until he can... Yeah, exactly. You, you do not have score. anybody to play with Pacioretty and Plekinex right now. <laughs> <laughs> you you have a flaw in your plan. Uh, Parento, probably. Yeah, like, I mean, he's a twenty goal scorer. He can, he can play up there. I guess so. Anyway, it's exciting. Maybe PK Subban. It's still August, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Montreal podcast, beginning of August, talking mostly about hockey. We're almost wrapped up, Scott. What? That was fast, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you have anything you want to add? Um, read. Brubaker and Epting's Velvet. You were telling me about this. Yeah, it's a good comic book. It's, uh, what if Miss Moneypenny was actually James Bond kind of deal. Sounds exciting. I dig it. It's You can talk more about it on the next 90S that you're on, so. Christmas. Christmassy? Yeah. Christmas time. Uh, we'll, we'll go through my Christmas want list. <laughs> cool. On 90S! This was the 95 Entertainment. I'm Scott. I'm John. I'm Uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9TO 
9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to number 5cc on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday. A new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 9ES or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. Alright, thanks. 9to5.cc We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.